What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the College Game Time Podcast. I am your host, Trey Smith, and I'm so thankful that you are watching or listening to this show. I hope it is a happy Friday and everyone is ready for a college football Saturday week two. And that's exactly what this episode is going to be addressing. I've got a few things uh, to preview and kind of prime us all for week two and some of these AAC matchups that we have. Uh, But before I get into it... um, First off, uh, let me make sure everyone watching on YouTube right now, all of my <laughs> passionate energy from yesterday's show uh, was not directed to YouTube commenters. I just want to like put that disclaimer out there. Um, yesterday, I was behind. It was a great day, but I was, I was a little pumped up. I'd been in some traffic, sitting and driving in traffic, and then I read a couple of Twitter X comments that kind of like, fueled some of that fire I had yesterday. So I just wanted to wanted to throw that out there. Um, but thank you for watching, for listening. I always appreciate the comments, even the ones that disagree. Um, and then, and then of course, before I get into the show, if you are watching, please like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. And if you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please, especially if you're listening on Apple Pod right now, even if you're not on Apple Pod, even if you're watching this on your computer or your phone, pull up the Apple Podcast app, If you have an Apple phone, go find the College Game Time podcast and give it a five-star review. Um, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Or a five-star rating. And if you feel compelled to leave a review uh, as far as what you like about this show, I would certainly appreciate it. Okay, here's how today's episode is going to go. I'm going to give you, for week two, my bounce back teams, my upset alert, my trap games, my bold prediction, my boldest prediction for week two, and then my most significant game for the conference. Um, And then we'll see where the discussion goes from there. So if you're following along at home and you wanna join this discussion, whether you're in the comments or listening on a platform, that's, again, I'll say bounce back team or teams for week two, who's on upset alert, who's in a trap game, what's your boldest prediction, and what's your most significant matchup. And when I say most significant, I mean what's the most significant matchup for the conference as it pertains to how the season could play out. All right, let's jump into it. So my bounce back teams, obviously my quick hitters for bounce backs are ECU and Navy. Um, I'm not going to dive too much into either one of those because, quite frankly, what they're bouncing back from wasn't super unexpected, if that makes sense. In other words, you know, ECU with the matchup at Michigan, Navy with the matchup at Notre Dame, um, you know, despite what the scores for both of those games suggest, I don't think either of those games are going to define the season for ECU or Navy. I think ECU gets it back together, home game with Marshall. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not a slouch matchup. I think ECU gets it done, and then Navy has Wagner. You know, I I think, you know, if you go back to that Notre Dame game, yes, it got very ugly. But they they shot themselves in the foot a lot as well. And I think with having this extended period of time between their first game and second game, there will be a much improved Navy team uh, that will take care of business against Wagner. At least I'm hoping so. But my big-time bounce backs... Okay, that I was surprised about 
The first one is UNT. Go mean green. They've got FIU this weekend, and I think they're due for a big-time bounce-back game, and I believe it will settle down some of the week one overreactions. And really, I think they need a big win this weekend for two reasons. One, to settle down the fan base, but then two, to prove it to themselves. Okay, Eric Morris in his post-game presser last week point-blank said, we're not where I thought we were. I thought we were further along than this. And I think that Cal came in, punched him in the mouth, particularly in that second half. It was a little bit surprising. I don't think anyone was surprised that North Texas lost. It was the way they lost. And it looks like, whoa, this defense is terrible. This offense had some flash and some explosiveness, but then got shut down. Where did our run game go? Like all those different questions that are starting to surface. What you don't want to do is come out flat week two. And even if you win, win sloppy against a team you should beat or lose, and then now what starts to creep in is, wait a second, are, like, did, did we, are we like way behind where we thought we were in joining this conference? And when you have a first-year head coach at a particular program, like it's Coach Morris's first year at North Texas, the temptation is to go, all right, we're not where I thought we were. In practice, when we're going best on best, I thought our best on best was going to be pretty competitive. Uh, not near as competitive as I thought what we were. We got to recruit and transfer portal our way out of this. And, you know, when you have early season woes, first year in a new conference, first head, first, the, the head coach's first year at this program, you just don't want those thoughts to start creeping up of, are we who we think we are? Maybe we're not who I thought we were. Because if that starts creeping in, then it's like, well, it's year one. Let's just play hard. Let's get through it. Let's recruit our tails off and, 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 and really look to reload for year two. I still think this North Texas team is a bowl eligible team. I think they can be competitive in the American Athletic Conference. I think right now what is, what is on shaky ground is the team's confidence. And I think tomorrow getting a win and getting a you know, convincing win, however you want to define that, you play well on both sides of the ball, all three phases, you look sharp, you get the dub, and it sort of restores your confidence. When it's early in the season, your confidence, it, 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 can, it can sway from left to right very easily. Versus when you get later into the season and it takes a little bit more to mess with the team's confidence because that by that point in the season, it's already a little more established. Right now, it's kind of like, who are we? Gosh, we thought we were this, but we sure didn't look like it last weekend. So this weekend is a confidence bounce back for the North Texas mean green. Mean green. All right. My other team is UTSA. I think it's a bounce back week for UTSA and Frank Harris. Look, Frank Harris, I'm sure he's seen it all. All right, you do have some of those ultra negative people, which I'm not even going to address them because some of their takes are ridiculous. But I'm saying even the people that are like, okay, is Frank Harris going to be okay this season? You know, is, is, the, is the 
adversity and the things he had to go through and endure over the offseason, are those impacting him now? Are we so sure it was a good thing for him to come back? Like those are some of the questions that are coming out. I think Frank Harris puts a lot of that to rest this week against Texas State and UTSA gets back to their winning ways. I think it's going to be a rowdy atmosphere at the Alamo Dome. Pack the dome. If you're in that area, get out to the game, support your team, birds up and get it done. But I do want to say this. To reiterate something I've already said, addressing comments I made earlier in the week, I said, don't let Houston beat you twice. And if you're a Texas State fan that might be hearing this, I'm not saying the only way Texas State wins tomorrow is if UTSA is still thinking about Houston. I'm just saying to UTSA, if you're going to lose, lose because Texas State was the better team that day, not because you were still thinking about week one. Now, with all that being said, do I think Texas State is the better team this year? No. Do I think Texas State is a really good team? Yeah, I do. But I think uh, UTSA gets the dub. At least I'm hoping so for the sake of the conference. But at the same time, Texas State, man, they got some cats. They got a squad. G.J. Kinney, I don't want to rehash it all. I talked about it on Wednesday. But that's, that's a team that's coming into town. So those are my bounce backs. Next on my list, upset alert. Upset alert for week two. I'm looking at you, OU. That's right. I'm putting the Sooners on upset alert this weekend. 15 and a half point favorite over SMU. Here's the thing. And I know there's some split feelings about SMU right now. But like I told you, they're in the conference still. So I'm going to continue to talk about them on this show. If SMU can play two complete halves of football, I mean, really, if they can play two halves of football like they played the first half last weekend, and I think we're going to see an improved team, they got a chance. I think one of the best things that happened for SMU in week one was that they came out flat in the second half. So now they've spent all week addressing that. Whereas if you look at OU's game, they just dominated from start to finish. It's hard to convince an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid that's coming off a 72 to nothing victory that they've got some things to improve. They've got some things to work on. Now, I know Coach Venables and his staff are highlighting and spotlighting the gaps and the weaknesses, but I feel like one of the best things that could have happened to SMU, particularly in week one, was having a flat second half. So now they know, okay, if we don't tighten these things up, we don't play four quarters of football, We're not going to beat a team like OU. So we'll see how that goes. You know, uh, one of the things Coach Biff Pogey, Charlotte head coach, what he talks about is he said it actually on his show on the the Mining for Greatness uh, following Charlotte's team on ESPN Plus that debuted last night. Um, He said that the biggest improvement you see every season from a football team is going from week one to week two. And um, SMU looked pretty good, but they were flat in the second half. And I think that's the improvement we see. And I think if they play four quarters of football, they got a chance to pull off the upset in Norman. So we shall see. But that's my upset alert, OU. All right, moving on to my trap games. I got a couple trap games um, on the deck tomorrow. The first one is Houston and Rice. 
I think this is a trap game for Houston. You're coming off what was a big opening season win over UTSA. Close game. Uh, But let's not get it twisted. Their offense did not look great in that game. Houston also has TCU coming to town next weekend. So I could easily see them looking ahead to TCU. Their first Big 12 game and maybe not taking Rice as seriously as they should. I know there's a rivalry there, but still, you got your first conference game coming up. You're coming off of a big win. This this has the makings of a trap game where a team like Rice, if they could just figure out their offensive woes, which maybe they have over the week, and maybe a lot of their offensive woes were because Texas's defense is just that good. I think they could maybe they could maybe catch Houston in the trap. Not saying they will, but the Owls, um, their defense didn't look bad in the first half last week against Texas. And Texas's offense has way more firepower than what Houston's offense has. And it looked a lot better than what Houston's offense looked. So we'll see. I guess we'll get a better scope of what Rice's uh, defense is going to look like against an offense that isn't quite as as, as high-powered as what they had last week. But I do think with Houston having TCU come into town next week and it opening their, you know, it's their Big 12 debut. That's a big game. You can't tell me they're not looking at that and thinking about that. Maybe not the staff, but the, the players. So that's my first trap game. Uh, my next trap game is, oh, yeah, it's, it's FAU, guys, playing Ohio. And here's why. First off, Ohio has a good team. FAU has a good team. FAU travels to Clemson next week. I normally wouldn't call that a trap game had I not watched what Clemson put on the field Monday night. What do I mean by that? Well, if I'm FAU now, and I watched Clemson-Duke, I'm thinking huh, we might be able to win that game. That's a winnable game for us. That's not just some go pay him a visit, get our tails kicked, lick our wounds, collect our check and go back home and hope and then go compete in our conference. No, I'm looking at that as an FAU guy going, wait a minute, we may have a chance there. And so what you don't want to do is look so far into the future that you forget about Ohio who's on deck right now and that Ohio team is good um so I'm not saying I'm calling for Ohio to beat FAU just like I'm not saying that Rice will beat Houston what I'm saying is is I think both of those games um have the makings of what could be a potential trap game so if you see Houston come out flat against Rice or even if you see FAU come out flat against Ohio It might be because they're looking ahead to the matchup the following week. Hence, a trap game. Okay, my bold prediction. Guys, I'm really struggling with this. Because I want my bold prediction. I'm going to do this in real time right now because I actually don't have it planned. Because I really want to drink the Charlotte Kool-Aid with Biff Pogey and all of his St. Francis Academy boys heading back to Maryland to play in prime time on NBC against Maryland. 
There's a lot of players on that. Like a lot of the players on both teams know each other. They either played with each other or played against each other in high school. Poji is a legend up there. It's going to be a very significant and important game uh, for Charlotte. In fact, that was my question that I asked Biff Poji at AAC Media Days was about that footprint in the DMV area and how that's going to play into Charlotte, um, which oddly enough, if you watch the Mining for Greatness show last night, he talked about those three questions. He said, and yeah, one of them was from a bowl rep. So only two media people asked me a question. Well, proud to say I was one of those two. Anyways, won't go, won't, won't, won't go too far into that. I just don't know, though, that I'm ready to say that, okay, they're going to beat Maryland. I talked to you about that offense last weekend. I think we'll see their offense more improved. I'm sure a lot of their offense last weekend was vanilla by design, as some coaches would call it. Uh, their defense looks solid, though, man. I mean, that defense looked good and scrappy. And so, so ah, because the other game is Rutgers-Temple, as my bold prediction. It's either... Rutgers over, I mean, it's either Temple over Rutgers or Charlotte over Maryland as my bold prediction for week two. My fear with Temple is their, is their front five. That Rutgers front seven looked really good against Northwestern. Now we know Northwestern is probably going to be in the toilet bowl all season, so I don't know how much we can really put into that. But man, that Temple front five, especially in the first half against um, Akron, is that who it was? that they played last weekend. Um, I just, uh, hold on, sorry. I want to see, make sure I say that right. Yeah, Akron just didn't look good, man. EJ Warner's running from his life. They couldn't get the run game going. But if they get that sorted out, like they got their defense sorted out in the second half, which I feel good about that for Temple. If Temple can have their front five, Playing much better than what they played a week ago. Think Temple has a chance. Um, so what's it going to be, Trey? Which one are you going to call? Or maybe I just call both of them as my bold prediction. And we'll look at it one more time. Maryland's a 24.5 point favorite. Rutgers is an 8.5 point favorite. I'm going to go both. Let's do it. Bold prediction. I say Temple gets the dub over Rutgers. I say Charlotte gets the dub over Maryland. Boom. There's your bold prediction right here on the College Game Time podcast. Sorry about that, guys. I actually have that one blank. And I was, as I was preparing, I was thinking about those two games. I was like, ah, which one do I want to do? And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it in real time. I'm going to do it in real time. And then finally, my last category here for week two is the most significant game for the American Athletic Conference and this one's pretty obvious it's Ole Miss Temple I'm sorry Ole Miss Tulane it's very very obvious Ole Miss Tulane Tulane has a sold out crowd do not ask coach Fritz he ain't got no tickets he let us know everybody keeps telling him coach I need one he's like I don't have any it's a sellout it's a sellout quit asking me so it is a sellout crowd Ole Miss coming to town and this is a big game for Tulane, and it's a big game for the conference. And it kind of opens up a discussion that we started having on one of the threads here on this channel earlier this week about parity in the lead and sort of the conundrum or the catch-22 as it pertains to the parity in the American Athletic Conference. Because obviously what makes a conference fun is when you have parity within the league. 
But with the AAC, it's a bit of a catch-22 because you want to have parity, so you have competitive, um, you have a competitive conference. But it's like you also need two to three teams to separate from the pack. So it's like you don't want to have so much parity that everybody beats each other up all season that you miss your New Year's Six bid or in the future your playoff bid at the end of the season. But you also uh, you know, you want to have a competitive conference. And so the way I think about it is, all right, you need two to three, maybe four teams to separate from the pack as the season plays out. But where the parity comes in is you can have a different three or four teams year to year where like some conferences, like, you know, the top two teams, like, you know, right now in the SEC, the two teams that are likely to meet in the SEC championship at the end of the season. And you can for sure know at least who one of them will be. The other one, you know, it kind of may depend on a couple of different factors. But the SEC, you're pretty clear, okay, it's going to be these same two teams or if you open up these same three or four teams competing for those spots. Whereas in the American, I think you have a unique situation where you can have a new set of teams each year that sort of are at the top of that chain, potentially. Uh, I think this year right now, Tulane is obviously one of them. Memphis, I think that uh, SMU is also one of them. And then we'll kind of see how the season plays out. I really like FAU. Uh, I am curious to see Tulsa against Washington because I want to see what kind of fight they put up compared to Boise. Obviously, UTSA needs to get a bounce back, and I think they're right there in the conversation as well for this season. But, yeah, I think this is a big game for the conference because it keeps a team ranked. I think it would be great to have a ranked team, you know, throughout the season. And then having Tulane be undefeated with an SEC victory and a top 25 ranking, getting into conference play, it it makes some of those games that much more important. Like their matchup with Memphis that they've got coming up fairly soon here in the next two to three weeks. Um, And Memphis is another team I I think could creep into the top 25 Uh, probably after next week if they can get that win or for sure after the next two weeks because I think after after they play Arkansas State they've got Mizzou followed by Boise so that is the most significant game of this week we got to keep Tulane in the top 25 and uh, have them keep climbing and keep winning and that's going to help the, the strength of schedule element once we get into conference play. And as I said earlier this week, you know, who knows? If SMU pulls off the upset, you might have a couple teams in the top 25 this time next week. So that is it for today. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. As I said at the beginning, please like and subscribe. Turn on the notifications. Leave a comment with your thoughts. You know, who are your bounce back? Who are your upset alerts? Who is your trap games? Who's your bold prediction? And what's your most significant game of the week? Maybe you have a different game. Maybe you think Tulsa Washington's more significant or SMU OU's more significant. That's fine. Let me know what your what yours are and why. And um, I'll see you next week. Enjoy college football Saturday. That's it for me today. Trey Smith, College Game Time.